Good morning. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, I got to ask a question as the offering buckets are going by. Um, for how many of you was that stressful just now? Like talking to people you don't know, some honest folks back there. I, I'm just weren't sure how. This is not when we usually do it in the in the service, right? Um, anybody just feeling a little stress uh, when you got up this morning and you saw we were going to have church? Anybody have a little anxiety? How am I going to get there? What's it going to be like? All that kind of stuff. I got to tell you, today's message, we're, we're, in a, we're in a series called Making Change, and today's message is stress is bad. Everybody say stress is bad. Not all stress, but stress is bad. We'll talk more about that in a second. Say stress is bad one more time. Stress is bad, right? Wouldn't you know on a day that the message is stress is bad, that like everything imaginable could go wrong from a technical standpoint and uh, putting all this stuff together. So we're, we're putting pieces together and like, ah. So if you're watching on video, welcome this morning. We're glad you're sitting at home while we're here at church. And uh, we miss you, but glad that you can get the message. Stress, stress has a big impact on us, doesn't it? Um, I, I was thinking um, there are... There are some ways to see stress in people's lives. And there are some famous folks that have big jobs that stress impacts a ton. George Herbert Walker Bush, when he went into office and when he got out of office after only four years, big change, right? President Clinton, you don't know how to react to that, do you? All right. Um, uh, Bush, Bush 44. There, uh, there you go. Or, yeah, is that right? 40, 43, whatever. Uh, President Obama, big changes. If you look at all of those pictures, one of the things that you notice, especially if you look at them closely, if you go back and, and, and track them down, the wrinkles, the wrinkles that happen as a result of the stress of that position is, is incredible. Now, there's one more picture I want to show you that was taken six years ago, almost six years ago. <laughs> No change, right? New glasses and all the, all the same. Uh, stress, has a, stress has a way of impacting us. And there's stress that comes from all kinds of different things. What I, I thought about um, just doing a, a Q&A kind of thing and just having people shout out, well, what, what makes you filled with stress? School? Work? Change, yeah. in <laughs> Did you really say that? Don't watch this video. Uh, In-laws, yeah. What else? Money. What was the... Raising a family, raising your kids, yeah. Co-workers. Chickens cause stress. To a guy... What's that? College students back at home after they've been gone, yeah. There's all kinds of stuff that gives us stress, right? Anybody, anybody have their anxiety level, their stress level go up in the last 10 days over world events? The situation in Iran. Yeah, it's uh, like, uh, what's, what's going to happen? Sometimes uh, we stress about the way that we look, right? About our physical appearance, about our weight, right? S- stress about sometimes too much, too little, wh- whatever it is. Um, uh, anybody stress about getting older? 
you're all too young, right? For, for some, it's like uh, disease, aging, that whole process causes stress. Uh, last week, we talked about less is more uh, in all kinds of areas, but clutter, anybody clutter cause stress in your life? There's just like lots of stuff that's there. And it, um, sometimes we stress in a healthy way, but it can be consuming about the spiritual condition of people that we love, right? Our kids, our parents, our siblings, our neighbors, our best friends. We stress about that. Um, that it, when I was doing some research, the thing that I found uh, statistically that they say is the number one cause of stress in people's lives is work. Interesting, you know, I, I thought. Uh, why work? Uh, related to that incompetent management, Lots of smiles at that, right? Um, I, I think some of the stress that comes in work is fear of failure. Uh, you, you're not sure that you're going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish and that you're going to meet expectations. Sometimes at work, there's relational conflict that, that goes on there that, that just causes all kinds of tension. For some of us, um, I, I think there's stress in our work situation because we're in the wrong place. It's, our job is not a good fit. It's not like what we're wired to do. When I was thinking about it, I was thinking back to a series of messages we did about, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago uh, called More, where we talked about who, who did God create you to be? What did God create you to do? Where did God create you to go? And sometimes if we're not in the right place, that can cause just all kinds of tension, anxiety, stress in us. Um, sometimes I think there's stress at work because it just feels like our job doesn't matter. We're doing stuff, but it, there's not really long-term impact to what we do. Anybody, does that make some sense? You wonder if you're making a difference. Um, today's message is, is stress is bad, that ongoing stress. Uh, ongoing so stress is a sign that something is wrong in our life. And so at North Point, we, we want both from the teaching this morning and from the things that we're doing on an ongoing basis to help you deal with that stress. So when we're talking about financial stress, if you're going through financial stress, at the end of this month, uh, Michaela mentioned uh, equip groups that, we, that we've got coming up. Um, we've got Financial Peace University to help you deal with the stress of your financial situation, to give you some real practical tools for that. We'll talk a little bit more about some of those tools in just a second, but uh, be sure, and if that's where you are, sign up for that. You can do that through the app. Um, if, you're, if you're feeling stress in your marriage, maybe in, in that relationship, we've got an equipped group that's coming as well. I want to show you a quick video about that. Have you ever had a conflict with your spouse and you saw their spirit deflate? I like to ask the question, what is the issue when the issue isn't the issue? What happens when a wife feels unloved? She reacts in ways that feel disrespectful to her husband. What happens when a husband feels disrespectful? He reacts in ways that feel unloving to her. And I called it the crazy cycle. If I'm feeling hurt, I just spit it all out there. My natural reaction is to attack back. Marriage was just hard right from the beginning. Conflict for us was continual. That doesn't mean that every time we got together there was a fight. Sometimes you wouldn't know there's a problem. So we found ourselves constantly arguing, 
We weren't out to understand the other one's perspective. We were just out to be heard. I was coming to a point of being very tired of constant fights. And I used the word divorce. It kind of shook me up to say, you know what, for me to use that word means something is terribly long between me and her. Do you get on that crazy cycle? It's the lack of love, it's the lack of respect, it's that sense of hostility, it's a sense of contempt that keeps you spinning and causes the relationship eventually to fail. This series is going to answer the question, what is that issue when the issue isn't the issue? So we want to help you if you've got stress in your marriage. You can sign up for that. Probably best to do that with your spouse, um, not just by yourself, right? Uh, but to do that, finance, marriage. Um, also, we've, we, uh, sometimes we just stress about stress, right? And, and we have an equipped group for that called Anxiety and Me uh, that's, uh, that's going to be led by Sarah Lee Howard, who's a licensed counselor, uh, part of North Point here. And it's not going to be so much um, therapy that happens. It's really going to be a lot about people just sharing their stories, laughing together. Um, and, and it's uh, just a group time to come together and, and talk about the things that, that cause that anxiety in us. You can sign up on the, through, the, uh, through the app. You can sign up out at the Connect kiosk. Be sure and do that. Last week we talked about Solomon. Uh, Solomon was the king, one of the kings of Israel. He was uh, probably the wisest man who lived besides Jesus. He wrote three books of the Bible. Um, probably one of the books, uh, Song of Solomon, was written when he was young and, and very much in the, in the love early life stage. Uh, second book he wrote was Proverbs that he probably wrote in middle age when he had this sense of, oh, this is how life works. And so Proverbs are a collection of sayings, that, uh, of truths that help us reflect on the world around us. And Ecclesiastes that we looked at from last week, he probably wrote late in life where it was kind of like, man, you work and you work and you do all this stuff and does it really matter? Good, good stuff. In, um, in Proverbs, Solomon wrote this, Proverbs chapter 12. Anxiety, stress, weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Solomon, the wisest man who lived on earth. Anxiety weighs down the heart. It creates this heaviness. Jesus spoke directly about stress in the Sermon on the Mount in his longest recorded message. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than about food, the body more than about clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you, worth, aren't you much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? <coughs> Look at the flowers of the field and how they grow. They don't labor or spin. I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
The Amplified Version starts that passage and says, Therefore I tell you, stop being worried or anxious, perpetually easy or distracted about your life. That stress, that anxiety that consumes us, that says, man, I'm just so worried about what's going to happen and and what's going to be concerned, how that's going to impact me, my life. Jesus said, you know what, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, your life needs to look different. You need to have a different set of eyes for how you view the world. You need to see things from a different perspective. I, I love that this year is 2020, right? Because there's, there's so much application you can do with, with the whole 2020 thing. Um, my prayer is that we would have 2020 vision spiritually, that we would acquire that this year. This, this series, this Making Change series, is all about life transformation. It's all about God getting inside us and changing the way that we think, changing the way that we look at the world around us, changing the way that we respond. Jesus said, you know what? If you're going to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you've got to have a different perspective. And it's not in stressing about all the stuff of life. It really is about trusting me, seeking first my kingdom, and going from there. Uh, The message starts those verses and says, if you decide to live for God, Living the life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God, and you count far more to him than birds. Is that great? What, what, what a perspective. Stress, stress is bad because we worry about the wrong things in life. Because we trust ourselves to control our circumstances, right? We trust that we have the solution to every one of the problems that we face. And so stress comes in and just kind of takes over. One of, one of my favorite verses in the Bible um, was written by Paul. It was, it's close to the verses that we looked at last week in Philippians chapter 4. And it deals with this whole concept, this whole idea of stress. Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, says this. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The peace of God, which surpasses, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, whatever's true, uh, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about such things. The message. Uh, again, uh, just in looking at different ways that this is says, is, is, it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle down, settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summon it all up, 
I said, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Stress is bad. When we see things with fresh eyes, with a fresh look at the world that God has created, all of a sudden, things begin to change. I, I recognize, I recognize not all stress is bad. There are times that stress is really good. When you're being physically attacked, um, stress, the stress of that moment motivates your body to do things that you might not do otherwise. And stress in that context is a really, really good thing. When you're facing a deadline in your personal life or at work, and you start to feel that stress, just that anxiety building up, that's a good thing because it motivates you to action, right? It focuses your brain to say, boy, I've got to get this done in this period of time. No distractions. Um, when you have a broken relationship with somebody that you love, and you start to feel the stress that comes with that broken relationship, that's not a bad thing because it motivates you to action, to, to mend that relationship, to bring healing to that brokenness that's there. But when you live a life that's filled with stress, when there's ongoing stress, when it's, uh, you wake up in the morning and you're feeling it, when you go to bed at night, you're feeling it, every day that you go to work, you're feeling it, that's not a good thing. When you're paralyzed by stress, you are not living life to the full that Jesus talked about in John 10. And the challenge for us this morning is to say, we need to do something about it. We need to make a change. We need to exchange that stress for something else. There are some things in our lives, some stress that we can't control. But there are some stresses that we can control. I want to I encourage you this morning to just ref, take some time and reflect, to, to do that eye exam about your life and say, okay, the stress that's in my life, better, worse, better, worse, better, worse. Go through that process and say, is this something I can control or something I can't control? Is this something that I need to give to God? Is this something that I need to take action and, and take care of myself? Stress that is ignored won't go away. But we believe that, don't we? We think, oh, yeah, if I'm, in, I, if I'm feeling all this stress, if I can just go shopping, everything will be good, right? If, if, uh, if I can just go eat something really good, that stress is going to go away. If I can just go to my cottage, if I can just get away, it'll all, if I can just go to sleep, the stress will go away. Stress that's ignored won't go away, though. Because what will happen is you may, you may lose those symptoms for a little bit of time. You may bury those. They may um, be ridded from the surface. But they will ultimately come back. And they will explode like a volcano in your life. When you, when you have stress that you don't deal with, that you don't take a healthy approach to, it will cause problems for you. It's this weight that's strapped on our shoulder that has to be relieved. It has, that burden has to be taken off. Um, I, I love what Peter said. It's interesting that, that Jesus talked about trusting him, about getting rid of stress, that Paul talked about. Peter said, cast all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on Jesus. For he cares for you 
with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. I love that. That stress, that burden that we carry, that we think, oh, I've got to just lug that with me. Peter says, cast all your cares on Jesus. So let's, let's talk for a little bit this morning about some stresses, three stresses specifically that you can control. Um, one, of, one, of the, one of the big stressors in our lives are, is financial stress, right? Um, that's something that for many of us we deal with all the time. Stress you can control, financial. Let, let me just encourage you from a biblical standpoint to in 2020 take some steps to get rid of your debt. Financial Peace University will, will help talk you through this at, at a great level of depth and, and with some accountability that's really, really good. But I want to encourage you, take the time to get rid of your debt in, in 2020 as, as much as you can and use FPU to get there. N- you know, nobody ever said, I have found such incredible peace since I started getting my credit card statements and I've got a bill of $15,000, right? No one ever, no one has ever said, oh, when I bought this and, and it created um, all of this debt, uh, when I started to live at this level and it created, I, I just have such peace about that. No, when we go into debt, it creates stress in our life, this constant pressure that wants to squeeze us. Um, <laughs> no, nobody ever says, what an incredible blessing it was to borrow $10,000 to go on a family vacation. We, did, we didn't have the money, but the joy that we felt when I got that bill when we came home, it just was worth it all, right? Nobody ever says that. With debt comes this incredible amount of stress. No, Scripture says, Solomon, in his wisdom, says, the rich rule over the poor. The borrower is slave to the lender. None of us wants to be a slave. But man, when we owe, when we're in debt, we feel that pressure. They, we owe money to that particular individual, to that uh, institution that it's got to be taken care of. We get there because we make lots of choices about what we want. Uh, more, more times than not, we get in debt because, uh, because we just go out of control with our spending, right? Solomon said, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Picture, picture when there were city-states. They've got the walls protecting the city. Like a city whose walls are broken through, havoc is being wreaked. The city's going to fall. Is like a person who lacks self-control. Jesus said, don't, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where Moths and rust corrupt, thieves break into steel. Don't do that. And store, instead, store up treasures in, in heaven. The problem is that for us, we all have this two-year-old in us that still exists, right? That says, I want that. It's pretty. It's shiny. I like it. I want it. Uh, when we were in, in Joplin over uh, Christmas, we took the kids out shopping. And uh, when our kids were little, uh, we had six kids. So taking six kids to the grocery, that's, a, you know, that's kind of an adventure unto itself. And, um, and, and we adopted three rules that we talked about with the kids whenever we went to the grocery with, when the guys were little. We said there's three rules. First rule is don't touch. Don't touch anything. Don't touch. Second thing is don't ask, all right? 
Just don't ask for anything. That's against the rules. Um, third thing, stay close to mom and dad. Th- those were our three, three rules when we went to the grocery. So over time, in teaching the kids that, it, made, it actually made grocery shopping, grocery shopping pretty, uh, uh, a pretty fun kind of thing because the kids would stay with us, and, and they wouldn't touch, and they wouldn't ask, but they'd say, oh, dad, dad, do you see Cap'n Crunch with Crunch Berries? Uh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, actually, I do. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, we're in Joplin over Christmas. We take the four grandkids out grocery shopping. And uh, as soon as we walked in the grocery, I thought, oh, good night. We should have gone through the rules because it was, uh, they're touching everything, right? Dad, or Grandpa, can we have this? Grandpa, can we have that? Grandma, can we do this? Um, we all have that, right? Even though we're old. Boy, that's a pretty boat. <laughs> Wow, look at that car. Wow. Oh, oh, I got this back massager for Christmas. Oh, that's so, I, I want, we look at those things and we say, I want them. Here's the encouragement in this whole debt thing. Say no now so you can say yes later. Say no now so you can say yes later. Get out of debt. Put those glasses on to have 20-20 vision. Make the change to control the stressors that you can. Um, get on a budget. Create a plan. You have to have a plan for where your money's going to go. Create a budget. FPU will help you with that in an incredible way. Uh, third thing, to build an emergency fund. Always have a cushion that's ready to go. You know, you, you, the amount of stress that you feel financially, if you have three to six months worth of your bills um, in an account that you can get out, get at in a, at a moment's notice, and your tires go bad, you have a flat tire, it's not a big deal. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck, and all of a sudden you hit a pothole on the way home from church today and have to buy a new tire, it's like, ah, it creates that level of stress. Have an emergency fund. Start that just by, by setting aside some money, and the way that you set aside the money is that you say no to some things now so that you can say yes later. Stress that you can control, uh, uh, financial. Stress that you can control, relational. Lots of us have relational stress that is ongoing in our life because we have broken relationships with people. It may be be with our spouse. We're, We're living in the same home. But there is this underlying uh, stress that happens between the two of us because we, we can't communicate. We don't do the right kind of things. Uh, Romans 12, I love, says, uh, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it's possible with you, live at peace with everyone. You know what that says? That says that we need to take initiative to heal broken relationships. Let me, let me give you just three thoughts for a second about, um, about dealing with relational stress, taking care of it, and preventing it. Um, the, the first is this, control your tongue. Control what you say to the people that you know and love regardless of the depth of your relationship. James chapter 3, if you want to write that down, I don't have it in the notes, but go there and it talks about the power of the tongue. Control your tongue. Control the things that you, res- that you are ready to respond with. M- more people than I can count have relational conflict in their life because they say the first thing that comes to their mind in a difficult time. 
control your tongue. Just stop it. Hold it with your fingers if necessary, right? Control your tongue. Second thing is um, forgive. Forgive and ask for forgiveness. If you've got If you've got relational conflict in your life right now, forgive the people who have offended you. Forgive forgive them. Make the choice to do that this morning with those 2020 glasses, with that 2020 vision. Forgive them of the offenses that they have made against you. And if you've been the one who's messed it up, ask for forgiveness. Go to them. And don't just say you're sorry. Ask them for forgiveness. Would you forgive me for those things I said? Would you forgive me for my unthoughtfulness in that situation? Would you forgive me for whatever it is that I've done? Control your tongue. Forgive and ask for forgiveness. And the, th- the third thing, and I-, I just touched on this a second ago, is take initiative. I, I think and stress in lots of areas of our lives, but particularly in relationships. Um, that stress is there, and we just let it sit and think, you know what, they need to come to me. We, 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 they hurt me. They need to come to me. Take initiative. Go, go to that person that you've got that conflict with and take care of it in the way that Jesus describes. Um, the, the third area that I want to just talk about for a second is uh, stress that you, contro- that you can control is living a reactionary life. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't come up with um, uh, one quick, short word to describe this, but most of us live lives where we just react. We react to our circumstances. Something happens and we respond to it. Very few of us take the time to plan and to think in advance of where we want to be. That's why we get in trouble financially. Um, sometimes that's, that's uh, why we get in, in trouble relationally. I want to encourage you this morning to begin to think in 2020 about what do I want my life to look like in 2021 if Jesus doesn't come back first? What do I want my life to look like in 2025 if Jesus doesn't come back? What do I want my life to look like in 10 or 15 or 20 years? And to begin to make the plan to make that happen. Um, God is the one God is the one that we must trust for the future, but we need to prepare under his uh, direction, under his, under an understanding of who he is. Jesus said something really interesting about planning because sometimes we think, oh, it's so spiritual to just be able to respond. Uh, Jesus, Jesus said, no, actually, actually, you need to plan ahead. You need to think through things. This is Luke chapter 14. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? That takes planning, right? For if you lay the foundation and aren't able to finish it, everybody who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Suppose a king wants to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one who's coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he'll send a delegation while the other's still a long way off. We'll ask for terms of peace context of this is the last sentence that Jesus said. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus said, look, here's, here's the deal. You've got to figure out what you want your life to look like. You've got to figure out, do you want to follow me or, or not? 
And you can't, just, you can't just amble through life reacting to whatever's going on. You've got to be intentional and deliberate and count the cost. Um, you can't wait to get to the end of your life to decide to follow Jesus. God may give you the ability to do that, but there's no guarantee. Because none of us know when the end of our life will come. So we need, we need to take the steps now to be proactive and not just reactive to the stuff around us. We need to decide today what we're going to do, how we're going to live, um, uh, where we need to go uh, with the decisions that we make. Plan now for your future. Decide today to follow Jesus, to be changed by Jesus, to be committed to the mission of Jesus, because that's what a disciple is. Um, as, as things come up, when you make the plans, it, it qualifies your response to that um, because you've already made the decision about how you're going to deal with that. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication, bring your request to, to God. Peter says, cast all your anxiety on Jesus because he cares for you. Jesus says, don't worry about stuff. It's just stuff. Seek first God's kingdom instead. That is true. That's how, that's, this concept that stress is bad, that's how, that's how you deal with it. I, I know lots of you battle anxiety. Lots of you struggle with stress. Uh, back in the summer when we did the series called Valleys and, we, and I, I preached about depression, so I, I've had so many conversations about that since then. And so, and so understand that, um, again, this message is not to say if physiologically there's some stuff going on and you're on meds to, to deal with anxiety, depression, stress, all that, don't, don't stop taking the meds, all right? But hear me very carefully on this. If that's where you are, you still need to turn your stress over to Jesus. You still need to depend on him to, to bring peace and perspective to your life. Um, you still need to depend on him to provide for every need. You still need to depend on him to help him work you through that anxiety. Lots of our anxiety, lots of our stress comes from the decisions that we make, from a lack of self-discipline, um, from lack of planning for emergencies, from lack of living within our means financially. Lots of our stress comes because we trust ourselves and not God. We think, I've got the solution to this, and everything depends on me. And so we just start to feel this pressure that comes because we can't control the world around us. We've got to give it over to Jesus. Understand this. We can trust Jesus in a way that we can never trust ourselves. We can trust Jesus in a way that we can never trust ourselves because he is the one who holds us in his hand. He's the one who holds the future for us. Here's the challenge. I want to encourage you to, 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 to uh, make change, to do some exchanging, and, and to make the commitment to do this. This is in the app notes that are there. Uh, uh, go after this. Uh, I want to encourage you to exchange fear for confidence in 2020. Fear of the unknown, confidence in Jesus. I want to encourage you to exchange uncertainty for clarity. Oh, what's going to happen if this happens, if that happens? Uncertainty for clarity. I know Jesus holds the future, and there's clarity for that in me. 
I, I want to encourage you to exchange independence, self-dependence, for relationship with Jesus. We spend lots of time focusing on ourselves. 2020, focus on Jesus. I want to encourage you to exchange your appetite for contentment. If you weren't here last week, go back and, and listen to the Less is More message. The appetite that we have, I'm not, I'm not talking about physical appetite, but that's part of it. It's the appetite for more. We, you know, we want more stuff, more, more money, more whatever it is. To exchange appetite for contentment. And lastly, I want to encourage you to exchange control for trust. Lots of us are control freaks, right? We want to control every aspect of our lives. Let me encourage you to trade that this year for a trust in Jesus. Will your life ever be stress-free? Nah. No, because there's always going to be stuff that happens. But there's a difference between experiencing stress and having ongoing stress that's bad for us. Don't miss this. Stress is not a fruit of the Spirit. Right? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and stress. No, it's not there. Stress is not a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, a number of years ago, for our anniversary, Deb and I uh, did a, uh, took a trip to Mount Washington in New Hampshire. Anybody ever been to Mount Washington? It's, it, it's a cool, cool place. It's the highest mountain east of the Mississippi in the United States. And as such, it's only about 6,300 feet in elevation. But because it's the highest peak, it has incredible weather conditions and wind there. The, uh, at one point in time, the highest, uh, uh, the highest uh, registered wind speed was on top of Mount Washington, 205 miles an hour, Great, greater than a hurricane, greater you know, type, any of that stuff. And, and as a result, on the top of Mount Washington at 6,300 6, feet roughly, it, it has created an Arctic tundra environment all year round. The vegetation that's there experiences just what it's like in the Arctic. And uh, when we went there, it was so cool, we, we, uh, we took a, a, a van up to the top because Deb wouldn't let me drive it. Um, I hope she watches this because I wanted to drive up there. But the constant wind speed is 60, 80 miles an hour on a narrow road going up this mountain. You get to the top, and, um, and, and we're looking, and the vista is incredible, but it's windy, windy, windy up there. And, and on the top of this mountain, there is virtually no vegetation because it's Arctic tundra. As we started the way back down, the, the, the guy driving the van said, I want you to look at something. Look at that vegetation on the side of the, of the mountain right there. And we're on the west side where the wind comes towards us. He said, how, how, how old do you think that tree is? And the tree was about four inches tall. And we, you know, we said, ah, what, a couple, three years, something like that. He said, that tree is 60 or 80 years old. Here's the deal. The vegetation on the west side of Mount Washington is it's minuscule. Nothing is more than, than, than three or four inches. Why? Because it lives in perpetual stress of the environment. The cold, the wind, it's constant. It dwarfs that, 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 um, that plant and so that it can't be all that it was created to be. As we, as we uh, came down, the, the guy in the van said, okay, watch what happens as we're coming down the west side of the mountain and begin to hit now the south side. And as we bended the corner around that, 
all of a sudden the trees went from this big to this big to 20, 30, 40, 60 feet tall. It was incredible because they were sheltered. They still experienced the stress of the weather, but it wasn't that constant stress that just beat down on them. The challenge for us in 2020 is to recognize stress is bad and living in that stress, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's, it comes from just reacting to stuff, is not where we need to be as followers of Jesus. Give that over and trust him. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Father God, um, do your work in us. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray.